Hey there, welcome to Jam with Jen, Empowering Your Pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. In this episode of Jam with Jen, I am interviewing Jocelyn Chong, who's a business and financial coach. She's going to talk about her story, but how she broke free or broke loose of the stories that she was telling herself and how she was able to work on herself and find that approval within, then looking for the approval from others in her circle. She's going to also talk about how if you price yourself accordingly, you are able to better serve your audience. So let's jump in and get to know Jocelyn a little bit more. All right, welcome everybody back to another episode of Jamming with Jen. Today I have Jocelyn Chong on, and she spent 20 years in the banking and finance world, pivoted into business coaching, and is now helping people kind of tap into their purpose. So welcome, Jocelyn. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for connecting with me and allowing me to come and chat with you on this podcast. So congratulations on your podcast series. Um, we had obviously, you know, taken to the new heights. So I'm really, really proud and pleased about um, having me as your guest today. Yes, thank you. Would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and how you got to where, where you are today? Absolutely. So a little bit about my story. So I live in Melbourne near the beach and uh, I live with my partner. We have um, a really wonderful area that uh, we hang out in. There's lots of parks. So when I'm not working, we do a lot of long walks and we're not too far away from a lot of wineries as well. So we enjoy a lot of the um, long drives and visit a lot of places for luncheons and Melbourne is quite a city for lots of cafes, so we do a lot of uh, cafe hopping. hopping. And uh, when I'm working, I, uh, I do coaching. So I do business coaching and financial coaching. I blend spirituality, mindset, and business together because I believe that having worked in the corporate sector for the last 20 years in banking, and I had the opportunity to work with three of the four major banks in Australia, and also, I started my um, career with Ernst Young in uh, accounting and audit as well. I had learned a great deal about um, strategy. And as I progressed further in my career, I realized that we need the mindset to sustain us in the long term. And then we need to also incorporate spirituality because we're spirits, right? And how that works is we can't compartmentalize them on their independent area. But it's so important to integrate and blend them together because we are living, breathing being. And to be successful in entrepreneurship, it is all in one. And that conscious awareness will help us make conscious decision. So that is a little bit about who I am. Perfect. How did you get into like this pivot? I mean, how did... How did you make that leap from 20 years of working in banking and financing? 
That is a great question. So a lot of times I thought about that question because I get asked a lot of that question all the time. How did you choose the right time to give up you know, over the years of career in corporate sector, earning multiple six-figure, you know, rising up in every single role and being a leader and being recognized and having all the qualifications and choosing to be uh, in my own business. So I don't have a straightforward answer, but I'll tell you my story. So at the age of 17, I, I knew at one evening, I was talking to a friend who was very entrepreneurial in um, the way he approached life and uh, the way he approached business and studies. And I realized that there was a tugging point in my life that I will be an entrepreneur, but I just don't know when because it was unknown and it was uncertain. And because of my Asian background, I've always been asked to grow up and do education. And because I'm female, I'm required to work for someone else. So then that was the story that I held on to many years. Plus, my parents, both of them, worked for their organization for over 40 years before they actually decide to end their career and retire. Wow. So you can imagine that was always the story that I've been carrying all my life that that needs to be the same path that I created. I knew no different until... I gradually explored and start to allow the flame in my heart to really grow. And so before my parents' generation, both my grandfather's generation have always been entrepreneurial, right through to my great-grandfather, because um, my great-grandfather came from China and, you know, on both sides, they were very entrepreneurial. They had, you know, run mining business, they had run import-export business, and they all never worked for someone else. But came to my parents' generation, somehow or rather they had been employees for their life. So that was what I knew because I grew up in that environment. And then I started to work in the banking sector and I realized that I come across so many of my clients who are entrepreneurs because I serve them and they talk about their business. They talk about, you know, how much um, freedom they do have, but also at the same time is a different set of challenges. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided in 2013 to embark on um, my master's in entrepreneurial management. So being an academic, I studied the proper way of being an entrepreneur. But as you know, entrepreneurship is never a step-by-step-by-step process. It's all about testing and learning and trying and being yourself and learning about all the different ways and methods and being limitless rather than limited in the way we approach things. Because mm-hmm. when we approach things in just one path, well, we are human beings. Everyone's wired differently. Everyone has got different personalities. And had that at the back of my mind that I know that this is just a master's, but it doesn't make me an entrepreneur. The way to do it is to be an entrepreneur and get on with it. So I shifted after I graduated in um, that master's um, specializing in entrepreneurship in 2015 to a role that I lead people to get licensed in financial planning and to help them set up their business as an entrepreneur in providing financial planning services. I realized that it is such a different energy and that there is such a different mindset required in order to be successful in running their own business. So I integrated a lot of my learnings, but I realized that learnings and strategy can get you that far. 
ultimately there's a lot of things in our lives that we carry forth throughout our entire life journey that needs to be acknowledged and work on. So I call them limiting beliefs or fears or blockers that doesn't take us anywhere that we need to. And so I thought, look, you know what, that's great. And then I excelled to other different roles. And then last year, I knew that last year, I wanted to really choose to quit my career and step up into business because I had a number of priorities that I wanted to achieve before I did that. So the first one was I wanted to build a financial runway so that when I stepped into entrepreneurship, I didn't have the level of financial stress that a lot of entrepreneurs held on because it was hard. When you have got financial challenges or stress with you, it's hard to serve your clients freely wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. I had a home loan that I wanted to pay the holding off. So I paid off my home loan in November 2020. That was the other achievement. And also I dedicated a year and a half to learn all things entrepreneurship by doing courses, learning more so from a spiritual aspect to unlock and unblock and understand who I am. So I really believe that the more I know who I am and the more aware I am of who I am, I can help others better. So I want to be so authentic in the way I approach entrepreneurship that is what I choose to brand myself in. I know that the story is a bit long and you know how I come to pivot, but I was very conscious about my decision Mm-hmm. because I think that's really important to um, make that decision and arm with the right resources as well. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I really like that you did, you went to school for entrepreneurship, but understood like you have to do it to really to understand it. And that's like the, that that's exactly what it is. You can read every book, but until you jump into the deep end and actually do it, you'll never fully get it and you're always learning something new like each and every day spot on yeah so um, yeah fun do you so through your coaching what is the mission and goal that you're really looking to showcasing and connect with people on I you know come across so many um, coaching companies and uh, individuals who offered coaching as well one of the area that I do have a lot of passion is that entrepreneurs don't price themselves accordingly. And that's one area that stood out for me throughout my corporate career, speaking to entrepreneurs and also working with a lot of entrepreneurs now, they don't really price themselves the right way or they don't know how to. Now, pricing is a very, very big subject. And that I want to coach people on pricing their worth because a lot of people don't know how to price and that they use someone else's pricing model. They don't know who exactly their target market is. Will they copy from someone else or they are taught by another person so they think that that's the way to do it and they do competitive pricing based on the market. But the way I really do stand out in terms of pricing is that I want to understand who you are what your experience is and how you value your products or your services so that I can bring out the best in you. 
Now, there is no right or wrong answer in terms of pricing, but there is. The best way to price it is, let me give you an example. So I, um, I did three weeks of um, holidays in 2018 uh, in Europe. And I uh, engaged, uh, con not Contiki Tour, but Trafalgar services for that. And that was premium. And the reason why I elected for premium is because I had three weeks. I wanted to visit that many places and I didn't want to queue when I go to all those places. So we had VIP tickets. Now I paid VIP prices for that, but I didn't have the queue. I didn't have to wait. You know, I sat front row for Moulin Rouge in Paris on the 1st of January, 2019 to watch the show. Wow. I went into the Vatican City um, the moment I stepped down from my transportation, I walked straight. I went to watch the 16th Chapel, right? I didn't have to queue. I had premium. And then, you know, um, I was able to go into so many different um, Tower Pisa. You know, we didn't have to queue to get in. There's so many different um, ones. You know, what's the other one in the Greek? <laughs> the, one of the largest uh, iconic place, uh, Colosseum. Um, the most visited place in the world on that year, um, we didn't queue at all. We walked in, we had premium level pricing. I'm not expecting that everyone had that level of pricing, but I do want to help people understand that if you know how to price your worth, you are, not, you are giving someone else, number one, the energy to also reward you accordingly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you also need to know how you, tier your own pricing according to the audience that you can serve because not everyone can afford the level of pricing that you have so there is different scale of offerings as well and that would be through a funnel for example but where i am passionate about is definitely that topic in business but even more niche is how to price your worth because at the end of the day if you know how to do that you're going to help the economy tremendously and I noticed that men, if you look at any advertising, men would be the one buying the fast car and women are just at the corner. I don't know why there's always that symbol. Or men is always the one wearing the Rolex or female wearing the Rolex needs to, you know, play like, you know, uh, Naomi Osaka. So I want to shift that energy to balance the energy that we women have got our worth, but we need to identify what is blocking us mm -hmm. in order to price our worth accordingly. Because women have got a very generous soul, right? We are innately more caring, more giving, and we tend to want to give more. There is a balance around that. There's a place and time for that. Is to know when we do that so that when we do that at the right place, at the right time, we are gonna service our clients and our audience far more effectively. And having been a financial advisor before, obviously I serve many couples, I serve many um, high net worth clients, but also retail clients and the level of wealth is different. I do always see that female tend to um, see things very differently from male and male have that deep unwavering confidence women tend to, you know, be uncertain. And there's always that uncertainty as a result of certain things that held them back in the past 
or also because of a gender issue. And that's where I like to put a dent in the world of pricing for female so that I can help you be better in, in your work, in, in the way you offer, whether you're selling candles, whether you're an interior designer, whether you're offering accounting services, whether you're a bookkeeper, whether you're a lawyer, or whether you're a mom and you're offering coaching services or life coaching, whatever it may be, I'm here to serve you and help you be better in that. That's amazing because I hear it so many times from people who I coach with and people in my profession too, that like women usually price themselves a lot lower just in general. So I think that's so cool that you're out on this mission, like helping people really realize what their, their worth is. So. And also when I do that, um, you know, I support them through the language, right? A lot of times it's our language, our, you know, pricing is a lot more to do with psychology than anything. Um, a lot of, the psychology comes with when I coach my female advisors, I notice that a lot of them, when it comes to pricing, they'll be like, there's that, oh, my, my throat is, oh my God, I'm getting a choke. But men are like, oh, it's $10,000, sign it or not. You know, it's just such a different uh, mechanics around that energy and psychology that, you know, if we are aware of it, we can replace that with the right techniques, mm -hmm. the right way of saying that you know, without offending someone in the most gracious and easing way, so. Perfect. When you were going through this whole pivot out of the, the banking and the finance, where did you find the support um, as far as like making sure that like you felt that it was okay, I guess, to make that pivot? I had to do a lot of inner work around the support. So the raw and uncut version is I had to detox a lot of my friendships that were not supporting me in my passion work because they had their own limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and they had their own stories and they had imposed that on me. So it took me um, a while from a friendship perspective to build the right community. And last year, the best thing, one of the best things that came out from COVID-19 was that I was able to build so many quality friendships globally because everyone was happy to jump online through Zoom to talk and exchange ideas. I had friends from Las Vegas, Canada, you know, now I can connect with them through Instagram. I can just have an Instagram conversation because we had time. Um, so I did a lot of detox work but the secondary component was I initially, my parents, like I said earlier, was always an employee and had been so loyal for 40 years. They had tried to kind of impose that sense of, you know, you're female, isn't that more secure? Your income is coming in every fortnight from an organization and you have been educated. You know, this organization is respected. They are on the stock exchange. But that wasn't my journey in the long term. So I had to gradually educate them gently, gently, gently. I had to almost pitch my way to them. And that towards the end, they start to see that that was my passion, that it took at least 15 months or so for me to convince them. Somehow or rather, I felt that I need their approval to be someone. And I was a, you know, like, I am like an adult. <laughs> So I'm like, 
but there was that sense of loyalty and respect and honor for my parents. And that was another deeper work that I had to do a court cutting work on, you know, understanding that that is their impression. It's not wrong or right, but that is coming to an end that it no longer serves me. So when I talk about spirituality, it's those words or, you know, areas that has held me back for a while because I needed their approval that I had recognized that and I did work around that to help me progress further. Um, and then, you know, out of that, I was very proactive to find people who are like-minded. And the word is always when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And that I did a lot of journaling. I journal my journal that I want to be surrounded by like-minded people. I have never heard of any board of view ever in my entire life until last year. And she has been around, like everyone knew her. I'm like, at the mention of her name, all my friends knew her. Yeah. I have never, maybe in passing, heard of, you know, Marie Folio. Well, everyone knew her. Mm-hmm. I had Jenna Kutcher, like everyone knew her. I'm like, who is this chick? I had so many people that I didn't know her because I was blinded by it. But when I was open to it and I was ready to learn, I started to be connected with those people and one after another started to connect with me. So even at this very moment when I talk about the connections, it's amazing because we need to clear space in order to hold space for something new. Um, It's always, you know, the half cup full or half cup empty. I don't really believe in that analogy. I believe that if you want to really find a new space in your world, you need to declutter your life, the Mm -hmm. whole space for more new things to come. So decluttering, you know, Marie Kondo did, you know, a whole series on Netflix on that and we read her book. But also the practical aspects around decluttering, right? Um, As in decluttering areas that is not healthy, no longer serve us, friendships. Um, I don't stop the friendship. I just minimize the connection. I don't catch up with them all the time anymore, but then I create space for friendships that are healthier. That's perfect. It's hard when people, friends, maybe want to share their opinion on what what you're going to, what your plan is or what their opinion is of what you want to do. And they don't have to live in your shoes. Like they don't have to wake up every day as you. So it's hard when they have that opinion and you're like, okay, time to, time to do a little bit of a detox and maybe step back until I'm ready to kind of reassociate with that person again. So I have been there and I understand it. I think it's almost like an entrepreneurial journey. It's almost like a, there is that shift. It doesn't happen overnight, maybe mm-hmm. for men. And I've studied, obviously, a lot of startup companies and they can switch and they can compartmentalize. I think for us female, we're wired differently and we got to honor that. And that how we honor that is to do a lot more of the inner work, but surround with people who understood the inner work with you because they can support you. It's journal meditation. I do hypnotherapy sessions as well in order for me to really reframe my conscious and subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of, you know, investing into my own inner work. And I think that's important. I I feel that when you invest in yourself, you are the best assets for investment. Yeah. Yes. 
And we are so fortunate that we have so much technology that we can connect with people through different groups. Like we've connected through Amy Porterfield's group Momentum. And that's yes. been amazing because these people are all on these like-minded journeys of bettering ourselves. So even if somebody has something that they want to share, or if you ask for an opinion, you know, everybody comes at it with like, what would be the best for you and not really like their personal opinion on it. So, and they're there, like the energy is so different. Yeah. Like I have got four to five communities that I can jump anytime. Yes, they are not with me physically. They are through these Facebook communities, but they are so much more supportive. They champion your success. They are celebrating you. I had come from corporate world and I'm constantly watching my back because I knew that someone's going to jab or that invisible sword that they're going to put a bad word out there because that's the, that's the culture. Mm -hmm. They're not there to build you up because they want to get the next promotion. So I, I just, I am a misfit in that world now because I don't, you know, navigate through the politics in a way that um, they do and their way. And I even had to, you know, do a lot of cleansing work around that to let go of that because the more I let go of anything that held me back or trigger the way I approach things, it really make a difference because one day when we all are, you know, Jen and you and I, we could, you know, do a speaking engagement, right? And any audience that we are in may trigger us in different way. If we're not dealt with that, it will trigger us and it will change the persona that we are going to actually, you know, bring to the audience. So I, I have always been, been a big believer around that. And I think it's really healthy to be the most authentic us, Yes, I definitely agree with you on that. What do you think has been the most challenging part of this whole pivot? The most challenging part for me is I know my products, I know my office, but I don't have enough audience yet. So the growing the email list is my current mission because without the audience, we speak to no one. And all my corporate life, I had audience, right? You know, we had millions of clients. They are my audience. When we, you know, talk about anything, we have a flood of them, right? But when you have your own business, getting the right audience that resonates with your product offering, that is requiring time to build that. It takes time to build the know, the like, the trust, like any relationship, like any dating relationship, right? Uh, we have to work through that. We have to talk about it. And the psychology around that is people will see that when you show up consistently, consistently, I mean, even when days are not always the brightest and, you know, it has not always been everything, sunshine and rainbows, then just be real because that is where you are going to attract the right people into your world. So finding the right clients that want my services because my niche is not just a business coach and financial coach, but I, I like the pricing part. But at the same time, if you give me any topic, more likely than not, I had had that experience and I could really talk about it. 
And so working on the niche part is very, very important. Don't be afraid or put off by working on the target market because you want to serve the people that resonates, that needs your help. But the more you identify your niche market, the more the product or the program or the candles that you're selling is going to reach the right market as well. And it comes back to pricing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where it, it is really, really interesting. I did um, take a while to, to reach where I am. I'll be clear with that because at the start of my coaching career, I knew I loved coaching and that I have done coaching for so many years since 2005 because I coach all my advisors, I coach the branch managers, I coach the customer service managers, I coach business owners in banking because you're responsible for you know, that license. So I had had that. That was clear. Where then coaching comes under so many aspects. It could be you know, relationship coaching, it could be business coaching, it could be financial coaching, it could be manifestation coaching, it could be, you know, money coaching only. But I had elected to really stay in my zone where I moved from executive coaching, where I knew professional coaching, because I actually hired six executive coaches to help me in my career in my corporate world. So I knew that, hey, what they do, I can do because I know that I have excelled in that. So I came out starting as an executive coach and I actually finished with my last client in um, 30th of June last year and realized that I actually been doing a lot of more business coaching than executive coaching. Somehow or other that really then opened up more doors for me in terms of business coaching because executive coaching is very much around working with people in the corporate world. But I had to also move through and identify and learn to do what I don't enjoy doing and what are my superpowers and what I want to be in my own superpowers. Because, you know, um, being a generalist, you will find it really hard to get the right audience because everyone's going to sell and pitch the same way. And that message is going to be so diluted. But when you're clear with your own messaging and it's continuously a rebranding component. So um, you never reach to one and then that's done. The job is done, right? It's continuously refining that to the next level, to the next level. So my advice or encouragement is that work on what you're passionate. When you wake up, you can talk about it endlessly, tirelessly. That's where you know that you are in your genius zone. Yes, I love that part. What has been the most rewarding part of the whole pivot? There are so many areas that are really rewarding. So to start off with, I never had to wear corporate suits anymore. Not that I wouldn't wear corporate suits, but oh my gosh, I used to wear corporate suits, wake up at five, go to the gym, dress in my corporate suits, dress in my high heels, I used to carry those really big bags that I had to put my laptop in. Now I don't anymore. I just carry enough to get me around. And it's just so much of a shift. And I just enjoy that corporate wardrobe that I can be anywhere, any, any time to coach someone. 
and it's the service, it's the quality of the service, right? I get to wear like what I'm wearing now that I just love wearing than the corporate suits that I used to wear. The other thing is a freedom-based lifestyle. So I do always encourage everyone to sleep eight hours. But if I do have a session with someone in the US and it could be a four o'clock session, I could wake up and do that and, you know, have a cat nap in the afternoon. And that's a freedom-based lifestyle. I had done coaching that I didn't want to work on a Thursday and that Thursday was my free day. Somehow or other, I just preferred that. And that I work on Sunday afternoon and serve my clients on Sunday afternoon and coach on Sunday afternoon. Um, I had the freedom to go on a weekday. I could go and get things done. For example, I used to never been able to cut my hair on a weekday. I had to do it on a weekend. But now I could choose any other day and not feel rushed. I used to feel so rushed and I don't know why. It's almost like a tiger chasing after me. But because I think I was so conditioned in a corporate world that there's always that tension, stress, you're delivering this. And if you're not delivering that, you're never going to be good enough. And then you're not going to get your bonus. But that's just not healthy in the long term for the body. Mm -hmm. And the final one is that I just get to really allow my creativity to flow. I had held back a lot of my creativity because I had opinions, I had ideas. But when you present that to your leader in the corporate world, they have their own agenda. And I felt that as much as I can be creative, it's just not going to be accepted. In my own business, I get to really be creative. And you know what? It's so important for us to really really grow our creativity dream and if you think about anyone who excelled in their career and paid the highest in any role right I was doing this research um, they are ones that are most creative Walt Disney he had sold his idea already in his mind before he created it in real life right we had you know so many people that excel in a lot of things they do in their mind already like I like Elon Musk you know he had already built that up over the years he had passion so he knew that going up to space and Mars is going to be very very achievable he just needs to convince the rest of the population that they'll come on board with him you know Apple like they knew that machine is going to be around Bill Gates I remember you know when computer was around it was so big like an old tv <laughs> they had to carry it everywhere but um you know don't let creativity um hold you back just keep letting it flow find your creativity it's in it's around you and uh, when we are in the corporate world i don't know i speak for myself that you know i didn't get the chance to really apply creativity and now i get to do that perfect how would you define success Success is a big word and um, I used to define success by how much I earned and what bags I carry, where I shop for my shoes, what car I drive. It's very status driven, but it can only get you somewhere. And I was just, you know, conditioned in that world because I was in premium banking, private banking world. And, you know, your suits must be, you know, um, Hugo Boss or Emporia Money, that sort of um, success. Now I define success so differently and I'm glad you asked because, you know, success is that freedom. 
Success is that freedom to help someone more. For me, I want to serve more and more clients and change their lives and offer something that I, at that point stage of life, their lives are transformed because I get to hear them. I get to give them the gift of time that a lot of us don't get when we are in a very rushed, tense, stressful. Yeah. So for me, success is how many people's lives I have touched through my words, you know, through my words of encouragement, through the way I serve them, through the way I bring out the best in them. You know, today before this podcast, I just had my coaching session with uh, one of my clients who is a bookkeeper. And, you know, that was a success. Why? Because she get to share with someone about something that she's gone through that she never did will able be to share with someone else. But because that was in the frame of how we can help her accelerate her business growth, that was success because now she can go out and be far more effective in her role as an entrepreneur than not because that was something that held her back. Um, freedom, you know, I mean, we talk about financial freedom, that is success. But for me, financial freedom is when you have the freedom to write that check for someone else that is success rather than just be the receiver. So freedom of time, abundance, really lighting up someone. You know, when you speak to someone and they're light, they, 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 are, they light up, that is success for me. Perfect. If you could tell your younger self one thing about just, you know, working or life, what would that one thing be? You know, my advice to my younger self, if I had to change the way I approach corporate world was, corporate world wasn't my life. I made it my life. I made it my marriage. I made it the way I think it was the B-O and O. But I have at the same time missed out so many events and memories in life because I was so dedicated to my work. And I was just a number in the corporate world. So a few things. Find the right people who will really see your potential. That is not what they want you to be who you are, but see you for who you are and have the skills and technique to unleash your fullest potential. That would be what I would say to myself rather than surrounding with people who want me to be them and replicate them. I, that was what I went through. Yeah. But, you know, people come and people go. So find someone, find mentors, find true, real mentors, coaches that has got the skill to just, you know, magically transform you through practical and, you know, effective ways and methods. Um, and bring out the best in you and help you to be who you are meant to be for such a time as this. Perfect. Do you have any podcasts or books that you recommend? Yes, I do. I do. I do. This is a great book to read. Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Uh, Think and Grow Rich. I read the book by Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. That's really important to read. Some of my other books start with why by Simon Sinek. Atomic Habits 
by James Clear. I applied a lot of his principles and techniques when I was leading teams. The book by Patrick Lincini, The Five Dice Functioned of a Team. Okay. You know, everyone comes with different background and story and how to work with people with different background and story. And um, podcasts, I would recommend that you hear my podcast. It's, uh, it's a good one. Um, I listened a lot to Dean Grazio just because he is someone that is so fresh to listen. He's got that voice that is fun to listen. I listen occasionally to Amy Porterfield, partly because I'm doing her momentum. So there's lots to um, you know, chew on and cover there. Yeah. I listen to Oprah Winfrey a lot on Soul because I like the way she approached things. And the other one is Baba Cochran. Yes. So she was, you know, a, a real estate Mongol and she's also in Shark Tank. So I like the way she approached things, you know, at her age, she's like as vibrant and youthful and I love the way she dressed. So these are the few that I constantly go back to uh, amongst a lot of others. I'm always open to listening to, you know, different types of um, podcasts here and there to get different ideas um, and yeah I hope that those resources are going to bless a lot of people who are listening to this particular podcast as well yes my podcast is cash flow is confidence perfect yeah, I was just going to ask of what it was stories around entrepreneurs stepping into their own business world and uh, a lot of um, also different tips that I come across in my own you know journey and stories and that's what I share as well good is there anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? I would love to leave the listeners with the opportunity to journal and journal your future self. When you journal your future self, then you start to allow your ideal self to show up and let your higher self tell you what you need to do. Because Jen has just asked me, right? The question earlier if you were to tell your younger self, what would you do? Why don't we flip that over? Why don't you journal your higher self and then ask your current self how you can take action that's inspired to move forward. And you don't underestimate how much you've got within you. Because any magic or miracle that happened is always within you. So believe in you, believe and surround yourself with people who wants to believe in you and love you for who you are, right? Love you for just who you are. That's perfect. I, uh, yeah, I always ask the question about like, what would you tell your younger self? Not really taking the approach of what do you want your older self, your future self to know what you can do through journaling. So perfect. All right. And where can people follow you or find you on social media? So I'm most active on Instagram at the moment. So my Instagram handler is underscore Jocelyn Chong underscore. And you can find me on my website. It's also jocelynchong.com.au. You can DM me. You can email me on my email address, which will be in the show notes. Yeah. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. There is apparently a lot of Jocelyn Chong, I'm told. Um, that was by my lawyer who I am trying to trademark a, a particular <laughs> trademark at the moment. And she's like, gee, there's so many Jocelyn Chong. I'm like, 
okay. And um, I'm on Facebook as well. So you can come and find me on Facebook. It's again, Jocelyn Chong. So you see my yeah, bubbly self there. And uh, let's connect. Let's really take on this and, and you know, make a difference, make a dent in this world because we all play a part. And if we all play a part, the world will be much, much more fun and enjoyable. Yes. Thank you so much. And I will include all of that in the show notes of where people can find you. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening through another episode of Jam with Jen. And Jocelyn, thank you for sharing your story and connecting with me all the way from Australia about how you pivoted out of your banking and financial career into creating your own coaching career. So I hope everybody took a ton of notes on that. I know that there are a ton of golden nuggets, um, but thank you again for listening on in and thank you, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for listening through another episode of Jamming with Jen. If you liked the episode, definitely share it out with a friend. And if you're looking to connect with me more, follow me on Instagram. The handle is Jammin' with Jen podcast, or you can always head over to the website at jenforstner.com. Thank you so much again and have a great day.